then doing the praise and worship. Our sister Lois also led us with that song, and it really ministered to me. This morning, I woke up very early, and I did my Bible reading. You see, when we've been talking about this Bible reading, um, many of you think that some of us, because we are free, or because we have had a lot of experience in life, or we have been on this earth for more than 20 years. Many of you have been on this earth for less than 20 years. So you think that because you have been here for more than 20 years, you there you can read, you there you cannot read. Because you are going to write BEC, you are going to write WASI. Some of us, we are finished writing WASI, we are finished writing BEC. So we have time on our hand. It's not like that, though. So this morning I woke up and I read from the book of Ezekiel. And believe it or not, this morning I read the first 18 chapters of the book of Ezekiel. Don't go ahead of me, just pause please. So, if I can read 18 chapters of Ezekiel in one day, there's no reason why you cannot read five chapters a day. Do you agree with my logic? Because today we are not going to school. Today is Sunday, we are coming to church. So, if I can read 18 chapters a day, there's no reason why I shouldn't read five chapters a day. So, the program that we started on, we said we were going to make it flexible. Now, it's no longer flexible. Every one of us, from the laziest, we are going to read at least minimum three chapters a day. Three chapters every single day. And today will be the formal launch of that project. I'll explain later on towards the end of the service. So, get yourself ready. And as I was thinking about challenging us with this, you know, I thought to myself, those of you who have eaten this morning, many of us, you don't, I don't eat on Sunday mornings, but I will eat lunch. Now, those of you who eat lunch, the plate you eat will be about the same plate that I will eat. In fact, some of you even eat more than I will eat. Because you are teenagers. So, if you eat the same plate, we can read the same book, it's the same Bible. So no excuse whatsoever. Now, we are forcing you to develop some disciplines in life which will change you. And this morning I was, I was reading the book of Ezekiel. I discovered some things that I've never discovered before. And it's in line with what I'm going to be talking about this morning. It, this morning is just an introduction. You know, God was teaching Ezekiel some things about hearing his voice and being led by that voice. And some of the things that Ezekiel experienced from God were strange. Don't worry, dude, I'm not preaching. I'm really chatting and introducing the topic and then launching the Bible reading challenge. And there's a verse in the scripture that many of us are familiar with or have heard it over and over again. When God told Ezekiel that he had made him a watchman over Israel. How many of us have heard that verse before? Aha, uh-huh. that's the more reason why you should read the Bible. You haven't heard it before. You haven't even heard a paraphrase before that I've made you a watchman over Israel. Wow. 
Let Pastor Kujo not hear this. This is not in chapel. Okay, then I will not go on with the point I wanted to make. Okay. So, this morning we'll be introducing hearing the voice of God. And I want us to know that we, when we talk about the voice of God, we need to understand what the will of God is. The voice of God is always related to the will of God. Earlier on, Moses, you should be listening to me and following. I will not give you any prompts. Just listen to me and follow. Earlier on, a couple of weeks ago, I told us two stories which are very important. They are important because Jesus saw them as important. In the very beginning of his public ministry in Luke chapter 4, he talked about these two stories. And he said that in the days of Elijah, there were, there, were, there were several widows, but only one widow did God send Elijah to. And as we discovered, these two people, both Elijah and this widow of Zarephath, they had learned to hear God's voice. So when God spoke to them, they knew this was God. And even when the circumstances did not weren't doing the, what the voice was telling them to do. They knew that that was the right way to follow, to follow that voice. And Jesus also talked about several lepers, but it was only one man, named man, who was healed of his leprosy. And we saw that the basic reason why name man was healed of his leprosy is that he actually heard the voice of God. But this time, not directly from God. He heard the voice of God through a little girl, a little servant girl. We'll be discovering that there are several ways in which God speaks to us. Some of us are saying that, me, me, I've never, I don't hear God's voice. It's a lie, you hear God's voice. It's because you haven't trained yourself to know that this is the voice of God. So for the next couple of weeks, that's what we are going to be focusing on. How to be sensitive to and to know that this is God's voice. The Bible says that you know, those who are led by the, 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 the voice of God, they are the sons of God. So if, if you claim you are a child of God, you must be led by the voice of God. My sheep Hear my voice and they follow me. If you are a child of God and you see yourself as a spiritual sheep of Jesus Christ, you must hear his voice. And when he says go, you go. When he says stop, you stop. When he says learn, you learn. When he says read the Bible, you read. When he says play, you play. That is what it means to be a Christian. And that's how the Christian life is like. If you are to live it to the, to the full. Incidentally, let me backtrack a little and just make one point about the points that I wanted to make, but you didn't allow me to make it because you don't know what you should know at this stage. Incidentally, there are times when God speaks to us, it's about spiritual things. It's about soul winning. Someone working for God and stuff like that. 
There are other times when God speaks to us. It's not necessarily about spiritual things. Well, everything is spiritual anyway, but not that type of spiritual things. But God speaks to us sometimes to help us. So, for example, you are struggling in your business. God will speak to you and help you how to come through that struggle. You are struggling with a particular subject in school, and God will help you how to deal with that subject. You are struggling with a relationship with your parents, and you, you, it's like you, you are wondering, where are things passing like this within me and my parents? And God will speak to you and show you how to deal with your parents. Sometimes God speaks that way. In fact, when God spoke to Elijah and the widow of Zarephath, they were hungry. There was famine and there was no food. And God spoke to them and showed them what to do. And when they did it, miracles followed. And in the midst of famine, they were fed throughout the season of famine. God is concerned about every area of our lives. So he speaks into every area of our lives. Our spiritual lives, our prayer lives, our Bible reading lives, our relationship with our friends, our relationship with our parents, our steady life, how to, how to live as Ghanaians, how to live within the community, how to do business, how to marry, how to raise children. Every area of life, God speaks to us. The challenge is, do we hear and do we do it? Do we follow what he says? It is in the hearing and doing that we experience God best for our lives. So I'll be introducing to us what it means to understand the will of God. Romans chapter 12. And I read from the Amplified Version. I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you, in view of all the mercies of God, to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, set apart, and well-pleasing to God. And this is simply your reasonable, your rational, your intelligent service and spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world and this age. Do not be conformed to the internet. Do not be conformed to celebrities. Do not be fashioned after them and adapted to its external and superficial customs and traditions. But be transformed, be changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and new attitudes. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind, by its new standards, it's new attitudes so that you may prove for yourselves what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Everybody say perfect will of God. Again, 
even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. When you go home, go and think about this scripture and let God continue to speak to you. God is interested in we understanding, we knowing and understanding and living in his perfect will. When we live in the perfect will of God, we live in the place where God actually wants us to be. That is his, his desire for all of us. When we stay in the perfect will of God, it gives God great pleasure and God gets excited about us. And you can be sure, if God is happy with you, if God is excited about you, what would you ask him and he would not do? When we live in the perfect will of, will of God, we are positioned in a very excellent manner, fitting into the exact plan that God has for us. It's interesting to know that there are certain generalities that God wants all of us to live in and to walk in. But there are also specifics that God wants us to live in and walk in. For example, if you look in this room, I can only see one person who is pregnant. So, walking in the will of God so far as pregnancy is concerned would not relate to the, the, the rest of us. When it comes to specific, specific things about God's will and pregnancy, it may have to do with the people who are pregnant. If it comes to God's perfect will for those who are students, a few of us will be exempt because we are not students. But it will apply to all of you who are students. When we live in God's perfect will, we, God, <coughs> you, you sort of meet the requirements, the standards that God expects, the need, the thing that God designed you for. You follow and live in that perfection. So it's important to know and understand the perfect will of God and obey that perfect will. But if there's a perfect will, then there must be an imperfect will. What some Christians refer to as the permissive will. And this is a very dangerous area to live in. I will not too talk too much about this, but maybe in the two weeks or so, or there are, but in a couple of weeks after, we would expand, of, expand on how we can easily slip into walking and living in the imperfect will of God, thinking that we are living in the perfect will of God. When we walk in the imperfect will of God, we live 
a life that is allowed by God because of our disobedience, our rebelliousness, and our rejection of his original plan. His perfect plan. So you see, you can be living, let's say for example, praying in tongues. God gave us a gift and he wants us to use that gift every day. Ask yourself, do you use that gift every day? Do you use it seriously? But you are a Christian, aren't you? And you are living as a Christian. You are a member of T Chapel. There are some dynamics in God that you cannot experience because you don't use this gift. The basic gift that he has given to all Christians. But God allows you to continue living the way you live. You remember when Uncle Bosi shared with us about how he followed these simple instructions that was given in Teen Chapel. Pray 10 minutes, 15 minutes in tongues every day. Is it difficult? It's not. If I should not even consider whether it's difficult, if it's good for you, so just do it. Let me see by show of hands. How many of us have been doing it? This one, let me see. Thank you. You can keep your hands down. Those of you who have been doing it, if you have been consistent, by now, you should begin to experience the benefits of it. If you are on and off, you do it today, tomorrow, you don't do it. It's like you don't really experience what we are trying to tell you. You may experience some things, but it's not consistent. So sometimes to get to a stage where you ask yourself, is this thing is it, is it real? What is there really in this? But if you are consistent, within a short time, you begin to see the benefits. When God says, you send times of refreshing into your life. If it, when you begin to experience this refreshing, five, ten minutes will no longer be enough for you. You move from the 15 minutes. You change gear and move to 20 minutes and to 30 minutes. And before you realize it, one hour and beyond. And before you know what is happening to you, every idle time that you have, you find yourself praying in tongues. It becomes a reflex action. You don't really think about it. It just comes naturally to you. And when we begin to engage God in prayer in those dimensions, God in his own perfect will sometimes may lead you to pray for yourself about things that you are not even aware of. Or he may lead you to pray for some people who are in serious danger and they'll be delivered. Meanwhile, you don't even know what you are doing. But you can be sure that when you do these things, God is pleased with you. And if God is pleased with you, the blessings that follow, you would experience them. And heaven will be happy with you. When you walk in the permissive will of God, God is not exactly pleased with you. He simply tolerates you, waiting patiently for you to come to your senses and to repent. 
You remember the story of the prodigal son? That was clearly not God's will for the boy. But he allowed it. It's a parable though, but he allowed it. And while this father allowed it, every day he was standing by the door of his house waiting for the son to come to his senses and to return home. When we walk in the imperfect will of God, that's how God relates to us. He just tolerates us, waiting patiently that will change our mind. When we walk in God's imperfect will, we may seem to have God's favor, but the truth is that we are incomplete. The way that we serve God, God is not pleased. We are not fulfilling God's plan and purpose for our lives. Let me give you an illustration. And this illustration came to me during the praise and worship. For example, you are... By the way, I didn't see you guys... Did, I didn't, I'm not saying you guys did anything wrong with the illustration just came to me, okay? You've been given a task to lead us in praise and worship. You know, praise and worship involves many dimensions. Sometimes it could involve prayer. It could involve uh, rededication. It could involve uh, confession of sins. It could involve focusing on God and just giving praise. It could involve worship. It, it, it could involve surrender. You know, it could involve so many things. But if you are an experienced praise and worship leader, just like if you are an experienced preacher, that's how many preachers are serving today. If you are an experienced praise and worship leader, you know that there are some types of leading praise and worship that you yourself you enjoy. Lord is a lie. There are some that you enjoy. There are some that you know you have to do, but you don't really enjoy it, but you have to do it. And there are times that when you are doing it, the same with the instrumentalists. There are some type of songs when the praise and worship leaders are using the instrumentalists are not okay. It's not, there's nothing wrong, but you know, instrumentalists, they like Jama. Is that not true? They like it when they are given the opportunity to display their skills. And when the drum is beating and the bass is beating, and it's, yeah, they, they feel the praise and worship. Now, lie. That is not necessarily praise and worship. Praise and worship can be in complete silence. The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. For us preachers, we, we like to preach. Some people cannot preach the one I'm preaching this morning because it's, it's not necessarily pleasant. Because you want to preach and you want the people to feel you and that is why many people today have veered off and, in quotes, are preaching more of prosperity message, prosperity message, and you hardly hear them talk about souls. You hardly hear them talk about heaven and hell. You hardly hear them talk about the second coming of Jesus Christ. You hardly hear them talk about judgment. But all of them are in the scriptures. You must talk about all of them. 
And then some people to all they talk about is heaven and hell, heaven and hell, brimstone and fire. And then they never talk about the love of God. It must be a balance. But I see, there, there are some of the things that give us fulfillment and excitement. And when we are talking to the people and the people are excited, then we also, we are excited. When I was reading from the book of Ezekiel this morning, I've read that book so many times. But when I was reading, I realized that God instructed Ezekiel and said he was, he was giving him a message to go and tell the people of Israel. It was very clear. But then when God sent him, he made him to go and wait for seven days. He was just lying at one place, observing. And that is where that scripture came out. Oh, man of God, I have made you a watchman over Israel. Intercessors. It's not always you must come and gabba, 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 gabba. No, it is not always that. Sometimes just come and sit in the presence of God and observe. Let God speak to your heart. Let God see you the depths of sin in the church. Let God make you see the lack of glory in the church. Just be quiet before him. Let him minister to you. Hear his voice. And then Ezekiel was moved to compassion. He was broken. After the seven days. And God told him. I have made you a watchman. Over Israel. And then he gave him some more odd instructions. Go and lie down on one side of the bed for 399 days. If God should instruct any of us to lie on the bed for one day, one day, maybe even just two hours. Ah, God, this one cannot be you. We have to learn to hear his voice. Let me come back to the imperfect will of God. You see, when you're walking in the imperfect will of God, sometimes you may experience trickles of blessing and favor. And because you experience that, you think that you are walking in his perfect will. For example, you receive a divine healing. Oh, God is good. Or he, he gives you some money when you, do, you are not expecting it. Oh, how good God is. You come to church, you are so full of praise for him. But you, you know what? No, let me not digress. When you are in the imperfect will of God, you are inappropriately positioned and also unqualified for the job that you do. God may lead you to come and lead us in praise and worship and just sing praises and prayers of surrender. And you don't like that one because surrender is not, is not nice. I mean, what is surrender? I mean, there's no, there's no fun. We are teenagers. We, we have to jam. You have to rock the place. No. So you come and you lead us one song of uh, surrender. You see that the atmosphere is not correct. So, Charlie, Moro, let's change the song. And then you change the song and then the whole place is upbeat. Everybody's jumping and dancing and we are... We are rocking back and forth, and then we are happy, and then you think that, oh, yeah, yeah, we are, we are doing the thing. We are doing the job that God has asked us to do. You are leading us in the, in the permissive will of God. And that is why it's very important for us 
as we go through this series to learn to hear God's voice. The truth is that there are several voices, but so many, and God uses so many ways to speak to us. I've just taken 12 voices, I picked it from the uh, Bishop Dagiwag Mills book, um, The Art of Hearing. There are 12 voices that we can, God can use to speak to us, or 12 voices that speak to us, and some of them can easily lead us into the impermissive will of God. We have the voice of God, the voice of the flesh, and that one, we all know the voice of the flesh. And that's why many of us are still struggling with masturbation, struggling with boyfriends and girlfriends, struggling with petting. We are struggling, struggling with pornography. That's what we are talking about today. But you're struggling with these things because we are listening to the voice of the flesh. When we say read the Bible, it is boring, it is difficult. Yes, it's boring. Yes, it's difficult. But read it because it's good for you. And like I said, if I can read 18 chapters every day, there's no reason why you cannot read five chapters. And today we are all going to read the Bible. We have the voice of our mind. You know, our mind is so active. We can imagine things. We think about all kinds of things. So our mind is always racing. And of course, the devil is always there. That one we know, we know that it is there. But unfortunately, we attribute every wrong decision that we take, we attribute it to the devil. Sometimes it's not always the devil. But the devil also speaks. Then we have the voice of the prophets. And this morning, I speak to us prophetically about getting back into the Bible. If you have the spirit of God, may you hear the voice of the prophet. There are times that we need to hear the voice of the prophet. And then there's the voice of the Bible. That's what I want to emphasize on today and launch the Bible challenge. The other voices that we hear. But this morning, we want to focus on the voice of the Bible. Say after me, the voice of the Bible. Again, the voice of the Bible. And for the last time, the voice of the Bible. You will not know the voice of the Bible if you don't read the word. You have to read it for yourself. Not just hear as someone. You have to read the Bible. And when you read the Bible, just like a storybook, initially it might be difficult, it might be boring, you might find it difficult to discipline yourself, but if you stay at it, after a while, as you read, the Bible comes out alive to you. Sometimes you are reading a chapter and one verse just jumps at, up at you and you don't want to leave that one verse. You want to stay on that one verse. You want to come back to that one verse, but continue reading. And then at another time, come back to that one verse and think about that one verse. That is what we call meditation. And I can tell you the, vo- the verses that jumped at, at me this morning when I was reading the book of Ezekiel. You have gone ahead of me, please. When I was reading the book of Ezekiel. The thing that struck me about these 18 chapters when I was reading today and it's mentioned so many times in these chapters. 
God was speaking to Ezekiel, the prophet Ezekiel, but at the same time, God was describing angels. He was describing a peculiar type of angels called cherubim. They have four wings. With two wings, they cover their body. And with the other two, they flap and fly. They have eyes all over. So when they move, they don't turn their head, but they can see everywhere at the same time. The Bible describes them as having four faces. The face of an eagle, the face of a lion, the face of a man, and the face of an ox. So they have multi-dimensional faces. But the thing that struck me, it, it, don't mean, it may not mean anything to you, even though I'm preaching to you, because you haven't read it. The Bible says the Spirit entered those creatures. And as the Spirit led them, they moved. May you hear God's voice. And may you follow that voice. And may that voice continually lead you to your destiny. Listen, if you learn to obey and do what we are telling you, you will see miracles in your life. Your life will be a miracle. And the miracleness of your life will continue to challenge other people. Why do we keep talking about Bedmore's testimony all the time? There are many other testimonies like that. But you see, when you, when, you, when you hear his voice and follow it, God does something that ministers to others. And it becomes a memorial in the lives of people. Just yesterday, I was talking to my, my cousin. It was I who led her to Christ many, many years ago when her life was shattered and she seemed to have no hope. I mean, she had been very badly maltreated. She had all kinds of uh, issues. And she had made up her mind that she would never marry again. I mean, I will not go into the details. But life was such a mess for her at that time. And I spoke to her about Jesus Christ. I walked her to church. And she accepted Jesus. Today she's married. She's married to a reverend father, a, a reverend minister. And she herself also is a pastor. This morning she's preaching at her church. And she told me that she felt led to share that testimony about how she encountered God and got born again when she's preaching this morning. You never know what hearing his voice and following his voice will do to you. Before we get into launching the Bible reading, I want us to focus on two scriptures, all of them are chapter 1 and verse 9. First is Ephesians chapter 1 verse 9. We've talked about this scripture over and over again. Having made known to you the mystery of his will, the will of God is a mystery. According to his good pleasure which he purposed in himself. The mystery of God's perfect will. Colossians 1 verse 9. For this reason we also, since the day we heard about it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Let this be your prayer every single day. Every day you wake up, pray Colossians 1.9. Every single day, if you can do it in the morning and do it in the evening. And if you feel led to do it, you have to do it again. Pray that you understand the will of God will fill your heart 
that you be saturated with the will of God, that you understand his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. This life will change for you. The way you follow God, the way you are zealous for him, the way you are passionate for him, the way you want to work for him, the way you want to honor him, and the way God will also honor you and bless you. You have a continuous testimony for life. On that note, I want to formally declare the Bible reading challenge. Since we started, we actually started in May and April, and I deliberately just announced it without making too much noise about it because I wanted to see how many of us we start. And how many of us have been doing it? Meet your hands. Please stand up. Let me see. If you have been reading the Bible since we started in April, please stand. And be careful because I'm asking you some questions. That shouldn't make you sit down. Okay. So you can see that um, we may just be a little over 10%. Okay. Don't sit yet, please. And don't be afraid of questions. Now, those of us who started, we've been doing it, but we've not been consistent. Please join them. Stand up. You've, you've, you've done it, but you've not been consistent. You do it some days, and then some other days you don't do it. Please stand up. Don't need to be shy about this. I said I'll ask you a question. I won't ask you any question. Don't worry. I wanted to do something, but uh, it's a little embarrassing. So I'll do it, but I will not do it. Okay. I was going to ask facilitators to join, but please don't stand. But in your heart, stand. You understand what I mean? Okay. <laughs> because this one is all of us, so even including myself. All right. Okay. Thank you for the effort. Please take your seats. For the next 15 to 20 minutes, all of us are going to read together and finish the book of Colossians. It's only four chapters. And what I normally encourage those of us who can do this, if I, it makes it easier for you, those of you who struggle, it makes it easier if you have a, a Bible app, which has an audio Bible, you open the scriptures and be reading, and while you listen to the audio, so you, you listen to the audio and then read along, it makes it easier for you until it becomes a habit that sometimes you may not need the audio, but... I like to use the audio always because I, I also like, see some of us, we, we learn more easily by, by hearing, some of us by seeing, and some of us by reading. Those of us who have done some education understand this better. So everybody's means of learning is, is slightly different. But we are all going to read together the book of Colossians, and we are going to read uh, Mankaranta-like. So... Uncle Moses, if you are ready, let's go. Uh, to make it consistent, we'll all be reading from the New King James Bible. So we'll be reading from the screen and together. Later, when you go home, you can use your uh, mobile app if you have them or use whichever version you have. All right. Uh, Timothy, our brother, 
the epistle of Paul, the apostle Shall we all Colossians. read aloud and along? Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, I don't hear your voice. to the saints read and aloud brethren so I can in hear Christ you. who are in Colossae. Grace to you, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all the saints, because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which has come to you, as it has also in all the world, and is bringing forth fruit, as it is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth, as you also learn from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, who also declared to us your love in the Spirit. For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. And you, who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. I now rejoice in my sufferings for you, and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ, for the sake of his body, which is the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you, to fulfill the word of God, the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. To this end I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. Chapter 2 For I want you to know what a great conflict I have for you, and those in Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts may be encouraged, 
being knit together in love and attaining to all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. For though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power. In him you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. So let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbaths, which are a shadow of things to come but the substance is of Christ. Let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, and not holding fast to the head, from whom all the body, nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments, grows with the increase that is from God. Therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why, as though living in the world, do you subject yourselves to regulations? Do not touch, do not taste, do not handle, which all concern things which perish with the using, according to the commandments and doctrines of men. These things indeed have an appearance of wisdom in self-imposed religion, false humility, and neglect of the body, but are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. Chapter 3 if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now you yourselves are to put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, 
but Christ is all and in all. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Wives, submit to your own husbands, as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives, and do not be bitter toward them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Bondservants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men-pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. And whatever you do, do it heartily, as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. But he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done, and there is no partiality. Chapter 4 Masters, give your bondservants what is just and fair, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Meanwhile, praying also for us, that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in chains, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Tychicus, a beloved brother, faithful minister, and fellow servant in the Lord, will tell you all the news about me. I am sending him to you for this very purpose, that he may know your circumstances and comfort your hearts. With Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother, who is one of you, they will make known to you all things which are happening here. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greets you, with Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, about whom you received instructions, if he comes to you, welcome him. And Jesus, who is called Justus, these are my only fellow workers for the kingdom of God who are of the circumcision. They have proved to be a comfort to me. Epaphras, who is one of you, a bondservant of Christ, greets you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. For I bear him witness that he has a great zeal for you and those who are in Laodicea, and those in Hierapolis. Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. Greet the brethren who are in Laodicea, and Nymphus, and the church that is in his house. Now when this epistle is read among you, see that it is read also in the church of the Laodiceans, and that you likewise read the epistle from Laodicea. And say to Archippus, Take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord, that you may fulfill it. This salutation by my own hand, Paul. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. Amen.
Hello. Okay. Clap for yourselves. Hey, clap properly, Abby. <laughs> so you can also boast that you have read one book of the Bible. If you've never done it before, at least today you have read one book of the Bible. And you know, it took us just about um, 12 minutes to read four chapters of the Bible. So you see that it's not as difficult as you think. 12, 10, 12 minutes. And for those of us who are slow readers, 15 minutes, 20 minutes at the maximum. You read your three chapters every day. And if you are consistent, the word is consistent. Whether it's boring or not, keep going at it. If it's difficult, keep going at it. And you know something? Some of us give excuses like, I'm busy. I'm studying. I'm writing essays, so I didn't have time to read. I didn't have time to do my quiet time. You see, those, those excuses, you are walking in the permissive will of God, the imperfect will of God. Many of you have heard Reverend Jean Carl's testimony. He shared this with us a couple of times at camp. There was one time in his life that he took a decision to read 10 chapters of the Bible every day, every single day, 10 chapters of the Bible. And he was consistent at it. And one time while he was in the university, it was exams week. And you know, normally exams week, we don't sleep early. And those of us who like learning last minute, instead of sleeping during exams time, you are rather staying away during exams time. No, the ideal thing is to learn consistently very early. Then when it's approaching as a sleep and rest and let your mind be fresh. But the thing is that if you don't learn early at last minute, you'll be forced to learn too much and you stress yourself out. So anybody who calls me and says, Uncle Bishu, exams are coming, I'm stressed. That means you've not been learning early. Learn consistently. When you go to school, when they teach you the first day, learn that the first day as if you are going to write exams the next day. And if you are consistent with that, when it's approaching exams, you, you, you take life easy. Anyway, so he slept, he didn't wake up early. And when he woke up, it was already time for the exams. The exams had started. But 10 chapters of the Bible must happen. So while his friends were writing exams, he was reading 10 chapters of the Bible. When he finished his 10 chapters, he quickly rushed to the exam room. When he got there, I mean, it was, people were busily writing. He just sat down, relaxed for a short while, and then he started writing. And he said, he didn't know what happened. Like, what happened to Beth Moon? I mean, the thing was, the apple was just flowing like that. He finished before a lot of people who started before he did. And he did well. You see, how many of us don't eat because we are so busy learning that we don't have time to eat? Raise your hand, let me see. Lord, I don't believe you. Okay, let me, let me, uh, let me explain myself. Yesterday, some, I saw, I saw a, a certain video. Maybe some of you may have seen it uh, on, on, on Facebook. 
about somebody who was, I think it was uh, approaching exams or something. He was, so he was busy learning. And while he was in the bathroom, bathroom, he was holding his book, he was bathing with one hand and then reading the book. What kind of foolishness is that? Let me expand my question and see whether you still answer the same. You are so busy learning that you don't have time to eat breakfast. You don't have time to eat lunch. You don't have time to eat uh, supper. You, you even struggle to sleep. The next morning, you don't eat breakfast. You don't eat lunch because you have to study. You haven't finished studying. Now raise your hand. Let me see. That, that is what I mean. You see, no matter how stressed out you are, no matter how much you haven't studied, sleep and food, you will eat and you will sleep. So the point I'm making is that if you come to the realization that you need to hear the voice of God, you, know, you need to know what the voice of the Bible is. It becomes a priority in your life that no matter how tight you are, you will always make time for the Bible. It is said of President uh, Abraham Lincoln that whenever he comes to the office for the first two hours, nobody enters his office. Because for the first two hours, he's praying and he's with his Bible. Who could be busier than the President of America? But he made time for the Bible. You see, Bible reading Spending time with God, hearing God's voice is not for preachers. It's not for apostles. It's for the children of God. If you call yourself a child of God, you must hear his voice. You must be led by his voice. So you must know his voice. And the first voice to know is the voice of the Bible. The first voice to hear is the voice of the Bible. So every one of us, without excuse. Now, for those of you who haven't started and you need some help, I've printed a few uh, guides. Actually, Gina, can you please help? If you need one, um, I printed only 50 copies. And if you take this, my paper, and you don't read, we are reading a minimum of three chapters a day, which means that by Next week, we are starting from Genesis, for those of you who haven't started. For those of you who have started, just continue from wherever you are. But be consistent. If you need one, please raise your hand, so I will give you one. It's, it's just a guide to help you to read on a day, just like uh, your devotional for your quiet time. Okay. So if you need one, please raise your hand and they'll give you one. But if you take it and you don't read, you're in trouble. Next week, by this time, I will not be around, but whoever is coordinating. Next week, by this time, you must have read seven times three chapters of the Bible. So you must, have, you must have reached Genesis chapter 21. Minimum. If you can go faster, please, don't wait for the rest of us. Just go as far as you can. But the important thing is that be consistent. Some of you, you haven't started and you won't take the sheet. So it means that you have made up your mind that you are not going to read. Now, not be so... Okay. When the time of reckoning comes, we shall see. There's one person here, please. 
So facilitators and friends, let's keep encouraging one another. When you meet somebody, it's not praise the Lord. It's not how are you? What did you read today? Okay. And let the person share something that you read before you and start talking about other things. That's what you just read in Colossians, isn't it? Yeah, that's what the scripture says. Let the words that come out of your mouth be seasoned with grace. Speak to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. That's how Christians are supposed to um, live. So, we encourage us to take this project seriously. Um, like I said, initially it might be a little difficult for some of us. For some of us, uh, it might be difficult, but still go on. It's a discipline that we are developing. Okay, so make sure you do it. And then when you begin to see the benefits, then you can um, share with other people and also encourage them. Mind you, we are focusing on walking in the perfect will of God. The first way that God speaks to us is through the Bible. We, and if we don't know what the Bible says, if you don't know what the Bible, sometimes I may stand here and say some things and they may not be true, but you also just take it. Because you assume that everything Bijou says is, is from the Bible. It could be the voice of the flesh, the voice of Bijou's flesh. Okay? The Bible says that, you know, even prophecies, this is when we hear prophecies, you must judge prophecy. So when I preach to you, you must judge what I preach to you, that is it in the Bible? Does the Bible say so? If the Bible doesn't say so, throw it away. God gives you every right to do so. It was said of the Bereans that they were nobles. That when the whole apostle Paul preached to them, they went back to the scriptures to find out whether the things that Paul was saying, whether they were in the Bible or not. And you've heard me say here several times, when even Dr. Otabo preaches, go and find out if what he said is in the Bible. And if it's not in the Bible, throw it away. And you can be sure that what you say will be from the Bible. But judge it. Find out. Discover it for yourself. Let it be a personal conviction. Okay? God bless you as you embark on this project. So, even though the official formal launch date was supposed to be 1st of May, some of us have taken the lead, and then the late comments are also taking uh, at least one week lead. So, by, by next year, May, everybody should have read through the entire Bible at least once. God bless you. Have a great week.